Hi, this is Tyler Schnudy, and you're listening to On Your Way Out, a podcast of Providence Church. On this platform, we're having conversations with members of our community and beyond about making more and better disciples of Jesus and what it means for us as we leave the walls of the church building and enter the world. So welcome into the Provcast. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. So excited to be joined today by a couple friends of mine, Karin Gabriels and Sue Prince, who I both know super well. And it's been really a pleasure to work with them on staff the last few years, really since I've started here in 2016. Um, they are very passionate people, one for providence and one for discipleship, but also I think just in their relationship with the Lord, it's very evident in their lives, the way they talk with people and just the way that We've been even just talking before we hit record. You just see the passion that you have. You desire for people to know Jesus and for them to love Jesus. Um, and so I'm just really thankful to be working with you, that you are my sisters in Christ. Um, so thanks for joining me on the podcast this week. Thanks, Tyler. Hey, glad that we could be here. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, so what we want to kind of talk about this week is a little bit of just what's been going on in your in your roles here at church. Um you know, we've been walking this journey um, of thinking about our our call as a church and our call as, as children of God. Um, and there's been a lot of, for me especially, just changes in how I'm thinking about church and thinking about walking with people. Um, yes, because of COVID, but I think even on a deeper level than that of just trying to think about um, my role as a believer and as um, someone who's um, being called to make disciples of Jesus Christ. Um, and that's something that you both have, in some ways, your roles at church, I feel like we talked a little bit about how that has been changing a little bit, especially this year. Um, what are some of the things that you have experienced this year with that, that um, is starting to shape how you're looking at discipleship in, in your roles at, at church here? Which is a kind of a big question to start off, but... <laughs> I think actually my own journey with feeling a need for a change and a shift started a couple of years ago, and Karen could probably echo this, but for me, it was probably close to two years ago hmm. that I started feeling this uneasiness. Um, I, I was feeling like we had this programming in place that was meant to help draw people closer to Jesus. Things like Oasis or Focus and some of those things where we were intentionally helping people try to get into the Word and have conversations with other believers that would impact their lives. And they were really bearing fruit. But I, I was starting to have this uneasy sense of like, is this all? Mm -hmm. Like, is this mm -hmm. the only thing that we can do to help equip people. I think I realized a couple of years ago that I had made this assumption that if we could help people love Jesus more, that they would automatically start reaching out hmm. to the people around mm -hmm. them and become disciple makers. Right. That would just be a natural byproduct of sort of the programs that you were right. at the time. Right. But what I wasn't actually seeing too much of that happening. And so I, I was just like, I couldn't put my finger on it right away. You know, I was just feeling this uneasiness and, um, just praying through it and starting to have conversations with Karen and you were kind of having the same feeling, weren't you? Yeah, I was, um, even before COVID hit. And of course that made us really have to think through things, but before COVID hit, maybe about a year ago, just that feeling of, 
um, you know, so I put together Oasis and Rooted, and mm-hmm. um, I have been blessed in those communities and, and have heard people blessed in those communities. But the same thing, um, we were growing in certain ways, but we were not necessarily make out there making new disciples. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, I was not out there making new right. disciples. I needed people pushing me to do that, and I didn't know what that could look like mm-hmm. um, as much. So there's just a little bit of uneasiness um, in the sense that you had sort of, you know, designed these these groups between, you know, like like Oasis, for example, is a it, that was a that was the women's group, correct? Yes. And um, I feel like I've 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 obviously never been to Oasis because I'm a I'm a man, but um, I remember hearing just so many beautiful things about it and talking with people that have been there. Um, it, I don't think what you're saying is that, that there was something wrong in, in the way that, that that was because there was so much fruit, like you said. Right. But um, it was sort of implemented in a way where it was sort of um, internal in terms of it was sort of feeding the people that were coming, but it wasn't um, going from there into the world, maybe. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, I think sort of that the equipping was maybe incomplete, right? Like we mm-hmm. were helping people learn how to be in the Word and how to try to live out some of the things that they felt God was saying to them. But like I was feeling this in my own life. I don't know how to walk alongside somebody else and help them meet Jesus and know Jesus. What what would be important in that process? Mm-hmm. And, you know, like I even the basic skills of like how do I meet people and begin forming mm-hmm. relationships and some of those kinds of things, I was just feeling personally mm-hmm. myself like I have a desire to do that, but I don't really know where to start. Mm-hmm. And so then when you don't know, it's pretty easy to put something like that on the back burner, right? Because sure. it's a little scary. Exactly. Right. So I think it wasn't necessarily that those ministries weren't fruitful as, as much as that they were not complete. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's a good way to look at that because I think we can we can beat ourselves up too often when it comes to those things. When we look at when we look backwards and see maybe here are some things that we missed out on. It doesn't mean that we weren't being faithful as much as it just means maybe there's something even more that we can do with this. Right. I think that was what we were thinking. Like what what is another step we can take? How can we more fully be disciples of Jesus? Totally. And I think that falls right in line with really what this year has brought us as a staff at Providence, even beyond specifically your role at Providence, but even just looking at the church at large, even just in America through COVID is saying, there are some things that maybe have been exposed in us where we realize when we've taken away the centralized church, when we've taken away the Sunday morning gathering, um, what is left in us? And I think we were kind of wrestling with that as a staff, like, you know, back a few months ago of just saying, um, is, are we meant to just go back to the way things were? Or are, is this exposing something that we need to really address and look into as a church? Um, so, and I think it was in that space and in that wrestling that um, Disciple Path and Reset were kind of birthed out of, would that be fair to say, kind of in that, in that, in that wrestling with that. I think it helped us to clarify a little bit. I think the birthing actually came a little bit before that. It was probably already in February of this Mm -hmm. past year Mm -hmm. where we made the decision of like, you know what, we need to figure this out. And Mm -hmm. we started doing some research and um, having, you know, more intentional conversations. But then COVID. Yeah. (laughs) Right? That happened. Yeah. And so I I think COVID um, in the stripping away 
as you said, exposed some things. And um, one of the stories in Scripture that God really used to sort of speak to my heart about that was the story when Jesus goes into the temple. And as he's walking up the steps, the Scripture describes how he sees these um, animals that are available for sacrifices, and he sees the tables that are used by the money changers. And as I was reading that, I thought, well, you know, those things were put there to help sacrificing become more accessible. Mm-hmm. They were well-intentioned. Right. Um, but Jesus actually, like, gets pretty heated, and he, like, even fashions a whip out of leather, and he's, like, swinging it around. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I'm seeing his chest heaving, and he, you know, and the people are, like, probably wide-eyed, like, what's happening? Mm-hmm. And he's turning these tables over, and what he says is, you've made my father's house into a marketplace. And that word just really struck me because I thought, well, a marketplace, that's where people consume something. Mm-hmm. It's a place for consumers. Mm-hmm. And and I felt this conviction of, like, maybe we've unintentionally helped people to just be passive. We've mm-hmm. unintentionally communicated, you come here. We'll and give you we'll something give that you, you need. Right? We'll, we'll fill you up. And maybe what we've actually done is hindered the idea of sacrifice. Hmm. Um, and I remember sharing with the staff that I, I read that story, and my mind just started thinking, well, what? I wonder what happened in the temple after Jesus left. Mm-hmm. Like, do you think they just set the tables up back up? And went back to, like, business as normal. I kind of think they probably did. Hmm. And I remember saying to the staff, I'm at the point, I just don't know if I can put the tables back up yeah. the way they used to be. Yeah. Um, and th- I think that was a lot of the impetus of that has kept us working on Disciple Path and mm-hmm. feeling like we need to offer something that helps people to live out their faith outside of these walls yeah. um, in a different way than what we've done before. Totally. Mm-hmm. And I want to be careful not to come across as attacking any any part of this church or anything, any part of the staff in our leadership, because, um, you know, like I said, it's easy to to look back on things and and maybe see blind spots and 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 whatever that is. But I do really resonate in what you're saying about thinking about church as, um, you know, a marketplace is kind of like that's. That's a that's a pretty I don't know that's a pretty bleak view <laughs> and a pretty bleak word to use to describe the, the house of God, um, but I think it's important for us to really um, be introspective and really um, really look inwards to ourselves um, and see are there ways in which I look at my faith as a consumer and not as a servant. Um, that's sort of what Keith is going to be getting into this week in his message. Um, and looking at, at a passage from Luke's, uh, Luke 17. So I think it's really important for us as we hear um, what Keith is saying this week to us, um, not as an attack, but as a, an encouragement for us to look at ourselves and say, is there, is there room for me um, to, to not look at my faith in Jesus as something that I have to gain, but as something that I have to give to the world, um, mm-hmm. the gospel of Jesus? Um, and I think that's like the heart of discipleship that you guys are really starting to live into and want to encourage us as a church to live into because 
there's nothing wrong with coming to a group um, on a Wednesday night and being in that together, but that cannot be the end goal. Right. That cannot be the end of it. There's something more to that. Um, so that's sort of the heart behind what discipleship and, and reset are, are meant to do. Maybe talk a little bit about um, kind of what those two groups are designed to do and what's the intention behind them and how that's going to help us grow in some of this. Yeah, so I guess starting with Disciple Path, because that one's new, a little different. Um, We had, I guess, like a vision of um, small groups of people who were um, not with the leader, but who were kind of self-leading themselves. They were um, working together um, to push each other in certain areas. And with Disciple Path, we wanted to think about what are some of the core areas of our faith? What are some of the core things that a disciple of Jesus does. Um, And so Sue and I took some time to think through and weed out different categories. Um, So just an example, a few of the things that we talked about or that we are putting into a disciple path are things like calling, self-denial, hospitality, Hmm. justice. And those are just a few. There are more. Um, But we spent a lot of time thinking about what are those core pieces that we feel we need to grow in our own hearts that also need to come out, right? Like mm-hmm. that, that we need to be um, showing the world um, mm-hmm. that what, what does it look like to live um, as a disciple of Jesus? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Sue, did you want yeah, to add I that? think that one of the other core pieces of disciple path is that it's very action oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Every week there's a action step something that would be outward focused and that would help us to grow in the area of being able to um, share that hope that we have and so that people know that we're Jesus followers and what does that mm-hmm. look like, you know? Um, and that accountability of coming back and saying, hey, how did it go? Like, yeah. did you take that step? Right. Did you not? Hey, can you do that this week? You know, what's that going to look like? And just gently pushing each other to take those steps. That's awesome. Cause, and, and that's a shift in focus a little bit. Cause I think we're very, it's very easy. Maybe not easy, but it's easier to, to do that kind of accountability with our personal walk with God and say, Hey, did you read your Bible this week? Did you do mm-hmm. this and that? It's a little bit more challenging to say, Hey, did you like reach out to, to an unbeliever or like this relationship mm-hmm. that you're working on? So that's a different level of, I think what you're, you're focusing on instead of saying hopefully that just happens as a byproduct but let's actually be intentional about walking with people in it exactly right. even as we continue to write the curriculum because we're you know we're about halfway through um, the writing of it we have to continually remind ourselves like this yeah. isn't a Bible study per mm-hmm. se there's definitely some interaction with scripture because we know that's how we stay fruitful is when we're abiding in in Christ through his word mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. like we have to keep reminding ourselves as we write it, what's the outward focus in this? Mm-hmm. What does this look like out in the world, not right. in my own bedroom when I'm sitting with Scripture right. by myself? Which is good. It's appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so, and with Disciple Path, maybe explain a little bit of the format of it, because it's, like you, like we've said, it's not everyone just gathering and a leader um, kind of sharing a teaching maybe and then having some take-home ideas as much as it is just creating a community with a few people that are really sort of leading themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's a little bit of a different emphasis. And we've talked even even before about 
maybe just that that is sort of flattening the leadership away from you personally as staff members and mm-hmm. saying we're empowering you to do this, um, which is a little bit different than maybe how we've organized groups to be in the past. Mm-hmm. Why why is that important to do in, in this kind of thing, and why have we sort of shifted in that direction? Yeah, I think I have personally. Um sometimes taken on the view that church is there to what? Fill me up and feed me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I can't go out into the world until I've like learned enough things from church and I know Mm -hmm. enough and I can check off the right boxes, right? Mm -hmm. And if I'm feeling that way, I'll bet there are other people who might have felt that way. Um, And so with Disciple Path, the idea that people take on that ownership for themselves... um, it's not that they have to know everything. It's that they're willing to learn together to do those things. Um, they're willing to push each other to take those next steps. Um, so that was kind of mm-hmm. a little bit of the thought there. Mm-hmm. I guess I just want to say to anyone that's listening right now, if you have had the opinion of yourself that I am not ready to go and make disciples or I need to learn a little bit more, I just need to be a little bit more filled, I just want to say, like, you are ready. You are ready right now. <laughs> you are ready today. And we're never going to feel yeah. 100% qualified, but that's part of how being empowered by the Spirit. Like, we're not, do- it's not us that's doing it. It's the Holy Spirit through us. And if you have given your life to Christ and the Holy Spirit lives in you, you have the power that raises Jesus from the dead. You can do all things. And th- the easiest way, I've said this before, that when I've walked with Ke- some of you that know Keith Thornboss, all you need to be is one step further in your spiritual journey than the person you're discipling, and you can disciple them. That's all it takes. You don't got to be an expert. You don't mm-hmm. got to be a pastor. You just have to be one step further. And mm-hmm. we all have people in our lives that we have those relationships with. I would say yeah. amen to that, Tyler. Right. Like Scripture tells us that God uses the weak things of this world, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like We don't have to have it all together. In fact, he uses vulnerability, when we can come with the things in our life that are struggles for us, um, instead of having all the answers, that's actually a much more open door that people are willing to engage with us about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, totally. I agree. And you look through scripture, the types of people that God called to be like his leaders. You look at someone like Moses, you look at someone like Gideon, you look at someone like David. Like these were these were people that the world looked at as like unqualified. And like Moses looked at himself, I am I can't I can't speak in front of people. Like how can you choose me to be a leader? But that's who God sought out and chose because in some ways I think they had to rely on him to do it, right? And that's like the posture that I want to have and that's the posture I think we want our church to have is not that I need to have more knowledge, I need to have more wisdom, I need to have more of this and that, but I just need to be relying on the Holy Spirit. He's going to lead us. Right. That's all we need. Right. And the beautiful thing is is that our own faith gets built when we do that, right? Because we realize this wasn't of me. This was Christ in me, working mm-hmm. through me. Wow, he's He's with me. Yeah. Like it's such a faith building experience for yourself. Yeah. When you realize this wasn't my words, this wasn't totally right. My thought. It, he put that there for me because he's using me because he's with me. I'm curious. Do you, uh, do you have any um, examples from your own lives of having that experience of of maybe? Um, sharing the gospel with someone or just sharing life with somebody where you felt like this is not a relationship or this is not a situation that I could have, I could have done on my own, but through the Lord, I've saw, I've seen like a beautiful outcome of that. Do you have any examples of that? 
I can think of just like conversations that I've had recently with people um, mm-hmm. in areas of their life that they're struggling that I feel like I couldn't speak into. Um, and then, you know, just in that conversation, saying something like, where did that come from? (laughs) How did I come up with that? I can't even remember what I said. Um, And I just felt like, you know, it was the Holy Spirit who Mm -hmm. allowed that conversation to take place, who used my friendship in that situation um, to do that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. probably the same thing for me. It's just more simple things. It's not really earth-shaking things, but it's more like, like when words are provided or um, just even when you follow a prompt of like, I should text that person. Yeah. And right. Like they respond mm-hmm. like, how did you know? Or, you know, it's like, I didn't God. Right. Right. God. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> I've had those weird things too, where um, it's like a lot of times for some reason, God feels like he asked me to do things that I don't really feel like I want to do. Mm-hmm. Is, and a lot of it actually is like, hey, you, I feel like I need to like text this person. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ah, I don't know if I want to do that. And it, you, I've always just been amazed by what just following that simple act of obedience, what that, where that can lead. Um, and it's for me in my life, it's just that smallest little step of obedience of maybe reaching out to somebody. And when you look back, if I would not have done that, there's this whole story and there, this whole journey that has taken place that I needed to take that first act of obedience for that to take place. Um, and I think I even look at all the names written around our wall and in the, in the worship center right now, if you weren't there a couple of weeks ago at the end of the, the message, Toby encouraged us all just to write down a name or a, uh, a few names of people in our lives that we feel like God is maybe leading us to, to reach out to, to build a relationship with. Maybe it's um, specifically unbelievers. And to me, even just writing down a name is, is like the first step because you're acknowledging that this is a person that needs Jesus. And sometimes we kind of have sort of a macro level awareness of like the unbelieving world of like, hey, yes, um, you know, different parts of the world, you know, um, that, that don't know the gospel, but we have a hard time maybe taking personal ownership of people that God put right in our mm-hmm. neighborhood or mm-hmm. right in our households, um, that need it. And I think even just taking that ownership of saying, I have a role in this personally, and I have a, a place in this story, in this person's walk with God, um, as an individual and not just as a part of a church. Cause I think that's part of a lot of, I think this whole, missional mindset that we're moving into is saying it's not on the church, you know, at large, it's on us all individually as people to step into this. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's part of what you guys are doing in a really cool way with the disciple path is saying, let's, let's bring this down to the playing field with these specific people. Let's look at our own lives in our own neighborhoods, in our own places of work, whatever it is that God's calling us into and start to really think about it in a different way of saying, I'm, I want to step into this myself, you know? My discipleship, my own disciple path group has been really helpful for me in that. You know, I I spend all day long in a church building, yeah. and the the people that live around my house, Karen lives right across the street from me. She, I'm pretty sure she's good with Jesus. <laughs> my <laughs> yeah. neighbor, you know, yeah. my neighbors are are all believers, and yeah. I I 
my first meeting with my disciple path group, I'm like, you guys, I'm struggling with this. I don't even know where to build mm-hmm. relationships. Like mm-hmm. I need help seeing my life through a different lens. Help me know how to do this. And and they did. That was it was such a great conversation of just like what are the different arenas of my life? Where am I bumping into people where I just need to look at it a little differently? Mm-hmm. Well mm-hmm. and even, you know, like she said, we live in the same neighborhood. There's a few moms that maybe have kids a little younger than what I do. And I, I'm an introverted person. I'm not naturally inclined to just be outside all yeah. the time talking with people. But the last couple of years, I've been just trying to find ways to engage them, you know, game night or s'mores night or things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but where I personally struggle is crossing the threshold of like, hey, how's it going? You know, how's life as a mom? To, hey, can I, can I tell you something about Jesus? Um, yeah. What do, you know... What do you think about God? Is that yeah. is that something you think about? And I uh-huh. to cross that line, that's where I struggle. Yeah. Um, and so part of that heart too of disciple path, um, building in those questions that we have, those spiritual mm-hmm. conversations with each other, where it becomes normal for somebody to ask me, What conversation are you having with the pre Christian? Mm-hmm. Like so that is just there in my head. Right. Um, instead of like a random, well, I did it once this year. Sure. Uh, you know, we, we want to build the repetitiveness of that um, in our conversations. Totally. And and the word that, that Toby's been kind of leading us in is we just want that to be normal. We yeah. don't want that to be an exception. Like, oh, there's kind of this crazy thing that happened, but it's like we're entering into this stuff all the time because that's just what's happening in our hearts and we just are compelled to do it with everybody. Um, so you, you kind of answer this a little bit there, but um, maybe in, in any other way, do you, do you feel like you are being personally transformed through this process of setting up these groups and walking through this um, as a leadership at, at Providence, um, but even just personally, um, do you feel like, how has your, your walk with God and your relationship with God changed um, through this process? For me, it's becoming um, more aware of how God is always at work around me and in me. And just having eyes to see that. It's one of the questions that we ask every week in Disciple Path is, where are you seeing God working? And that's training me to have different eyes. Mm -hmm. It's so easy to just move through your day with no awareness, Mm -hmm. right? Like you're just doing your thing and life is busy and you're involved in lots of stuff and you miss it. Mm -hmm. And for me, I needed that intentionality of, ha- you know, returning to that question over and over. What am I seeing God doing? And what's he inviting me to? And just becoming a little bit more aware of those nudges of the spirit and mm-hmm. hearing how the people in my own group are like hearing those nudges of the spirit mm-hmm. themselves and how they're seeing God work. Even that helps me open my eyes more as we're having those conversations. How are you seeing it? Oh, Mm -hmm. I guess I'm seeing that too. And I didn't even realize it. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I just needed to grow in that awareness. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, somewhere that God has been kind of pushing me in. Sue, you mentioned this a little bit ago, um, just the story and sacrifice came up, right? And I've been slowly reading through numbers of all books. Hmm. Um, and that idea of sacrifice has come up multiple right. times as I've been wrestling through some of this. And honestly, I get to some chapters and I'm like, I, God, I'm struggling I here. Don't do I don't that. know. <laughs> I don't know what to do about this. But there are others where just I feel God has been pushing, Karn, what are you going to sacrifice for me? 
I have given you so much. I have blessed you with so many things. Where are you going to sacrifice for me? And what my hope is as I enter, you know, I'm, we're early on in Disciple Path. So I've yeah. just met with my group a couple of times. But my hope is um, that these women can be there to push me mm. and to say, are you still doing that? You know, what was it that God was calling you to do? All right. Are you still, are you still doing that? And I just, yeah. I, um, I want that. Mm-hmm. That pushback, and that's for some. That's hard. <laughs> it's hard. It's, I'm someone who's like, if you're into the enneagram at all, I'm a peacemaker, and so basically, in a nutshell, that means that I don't like conflict, and so I like harmony. I like unity. I like everyone to feel safe and comfortable, and that's what I strive my presence to like facilitate is like basically comfort and comfortability. Um, but but peace is is you know, the overall concept of who I, what I feel like I, I'm trying to, to bring about, um, which is, which in, in a healthy way is, is a good thing. Um, but what it, what I think the danger in people like me and that type of personality is that we're afraid to push people. And we're afraid mm-hmm. when we see something like that in a believer, where we say, I feel like I can challenge you and encourage you to, to do this. Um, I know that that's like a hard conversation to have that mm-hmm. like for a moment creates a little bit of disunity. And now, and now I've said, like, I've pointed out this thing in him, maybe he's going to, well, how about you? You know, like you, you look at, you look at things from that perspective, but really it's a very biblical and spiritual concept to say like, how can we build up each other in Christ? And if there's ways that, um, you know, I am falling short of who I've been called to be, I want someone to feel comfortable saying that to me and someone to push me. Maybe in the moment I would feel angry. Um, but I think you give it some time to reflect on it and you realize you need people to push you in those ways. Um, so I think that's part of this whole process is setting up things where we feel comfortable holding each other accountable to this because it's not something that we really want to do. I think that's okay to acknowledge that it's hard to be held accountable and to hold other people accountable. That's something that takes some time and is almost like a muscle you have to build. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's such an important part because we don't want to have to do this alone. That's even harder, right? Right. That's very true. And the the flip side of that coin is that we also have to be willing to kind of expose ourselves a little bit. Um, The phrase that Karen Mm -hmm. and I have been talking about a lot since February is just two little words, bravely vulnerable. Mm. Um, And even just to be able to um, not gloss over that I'm really not doing this or or make it look better than what it is mm-hmm. or, you know, like mm-hmm. that's such a temptation. Yeah, um, totally. Right? You don't want to open yourself up to that um, push, yeah. push back from people. Um, and so it's, it is entering into the um, responsibility to, to grow in a little bit of a different way. Mm-hmm. And we really need each other. It's, yeah. you know, yeah. once we actually can enter that space, um, it can be the most beautiful, mm-hmm. supportive, encouraging, inspiring, inspiring yeah. spot to be. Yeah, you almost you have to go to some of those places for the biggest fruit to come out, and it's almost like, yeah, you in in order to really push each other, that does require some hard work and some hard stuff. Um, but we think, and I think, what the Bible shows us is that it's through that hard work that. God's going to do something really beautiful. And and what would you say are some of the, the I guess, the dreams? Um, 
but just your prayers for what can happen through Providence, maybe specifically through these groups, but maybe even just in a general level as we as we are just wanting this vision to come true for us. Um, and we're kind of in the beginning stages in some ways of, of really shaking the foundation of, of what we want to be about. But what do you both see as um, just spiritual outcomes that we can see happen? And what are some of your prayers and, and dreams for, for Providence and for the body of Christ? Yeah, so big dream. Like if you could, like, wouldn't it be cool if there were people showing up at church who have never been in church before, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Not not people coming from a different church, but right. people who are like, oh, I saw something in your life. Those conversations that we've been having have compelled me to want to just find out a little bit more. Um, I know that, you know, that doesn't happen overnight, um, but big picture, that would be amazing to see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I would love to see, you said kind of at the beginning of the podcast that... Um, we can all take ownership of this, right? Like, we are the body. Mm-hmm. We are the Church of Christ. Mm-hmm. Together we do this. Um, that people can see themselves living into these spaces. Yeah. People can see themselves saying, I can have spiritual conversations with people who don't yet know Christ mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and feeling like that they can step into that, mm-hmm. right? That that becomes more normal, right, yeah, to use that other word? Totally, totally. What about you, Sue? I would, I would echo that. Um, I would love for the people in this congregation to have the experience of um, even witnessing somebody coming to new life through Christ. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that's something that um, it's it's right up there with those moments of your life, like the birth of your kid or whatever. You know, these these amazing moments in your life when you get to be present. For, you know, and and that's that maybe isn't gonna like Karen said happen overnight. But if we're not even willing to take some of those first steps mm-hmm. to start having conversations, if we don't know how to do it, mm-hmm. so like let's be willing to enter those spaces where we are trying to learn together, and then let's be willing to like try. Um, that's one of the things we've been saying around here a lot is that trying is success. Correct. Right. Like success is not walking somebody over that line and that's the only right. success mm-hmm. right success is just trying to be faithful yeah um so i guess for me my dream is that um i think that we have so many people here that in this church that just love jesus with their whole heart mm-hmm. um they are following him mm-hmm. um and they want to be a disciple maker. Mm-hmm. They're just maybe not sure how. Yeah. And I just want to see more and more people feeling equipped and ready and willing. And even if they're nervous or even if they're, you know, mm-hmm. um, not exactly sure what it looks like to mm-hmm. be willing to enter into something that could be amazing. Yeah. And I, I think it's also really important to realize that it's okay to fail in quote in air quotes is what I'm doing. You can't see it, but we sometimes feel like we will step into a conversation. I've had this recently. You, you start maybe a conversation about something spiritual, maybe with someone who doesn't, doesn't know the Lord and it just maybe doesn't go very well to your own, you know, mind. And it's like, oh, I don't want to have to like go back to like my group or whoever it is. I'm like walking with me like, yeah, that sucks. You know, like I, mm-hmm. it's so hard to do that. But I think 
we want to be able to say like, Hey, we're doing this together. And that was not a failure. You know, mm-hmm. that was actually a success because you stepped into it mm-hmm. exactly. um, and you did mm-hmm. it. Um, and I, we even had a, in our, in our staff meeting this week, we were all encouraged the previous week to like, think about a way, like you could take an hour during the week to go and think about, um, going out into the world. Um, what does that look like for you this week? What could you do? And so we all kind of shared an example. We didn't know we were going to be challenged to actually do it. We just kind of, oh, I would probably do this. And then Toby said, okay, so go do it this week. And we're like, what? Okay. (laughs) And then so the next week we kind of like this, this week we kind of reconvened and some of us did really well with that. And then some of us, it didn't happen. And there wasn't anything like, oh man, you, you failed and you succeeded. It was like, we all succeeded in a way because we all, we all made an attempt. We all tried and we all are making steps to, to walk in obedience in it. Um, and I think that's all it really requires is just taking that next step. It seems daunting to think mm-hmm. about bringing someone to the Lord um, and watching someone. I'm, I'm thinking of people in my life that I know are, they seem so far away. It's just like, man, there is a journey. Like that journey is going to be such a long road. Um, but the work of the Holy Spirit, all things are possible. Like this is, this is the God that created everything in creation in the blink of an eye. He can, he can bring this child that he loves to get to know him. He can, <laughs> he's going to do that. And um, we just get to be a part of it. And it's not through our own strength. It's through him. I think um, Jesus is pretty clear in Scripture about what it takes to be a disciple. Right? He says, it's, you have to lay down your life and pick up a cross. Um, but then he also promises that when you lay down your life, you're going to get the life that truly is life, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? We are really good at pursuing things that we think are going to give us life, and they really are empty, they right? They do. We climb up these ladders, and we get to the top, and we realize mm-hmm. we propped that ladder up against the wrong wall, hmm. right? Like we were climbing up the wrong ladder because what we thought was going to give us life is pretty fleeting, Um Jesus says it's upside down from that. He says, when you lay down your life, when you deny yourself, and when you pick up a cross, and maybe, maybe that cross is being willing to like, surrender what people think of you in order to enter into a spiritual conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, when you do that, you will receive a life that is truly life. It's a mysterious thing. It's really hard to describe, mm-hmm. but it's true. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what he was inviting people into, and that's what his church should be inviting people into. That's what we're invited to be as the church. Um, Karin, would you pray for us yeah. to close us? Sure. Thanks. Good afternoon, God. Um, it was just good to have this conversation, right? It is good to um, talk about the, your church and um, what you want to do in the world, God. God, I just pray um, for the people of Providence that you would continue to grow in us a heart for people who don't know you, that you would give us eyes to see the spaces um, and places um, where we can go that you are inviting us into. God, you are preparing the way. You are doing the work. It is your spirit that changes hearts. You're just inviting us on this journey um, just to take the next step. And for people, that's going to look different, um, what that next step could be. But God, just soften our hearts so that we are willing to look for that next step and take that next step. Mm -hmm. Um, And 
we're going to trust, God, that you are working and moving, and we can fall into that, God. We can lean into you in that. Um, we lift up this day to you. We love you so much. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Karen and Sue. This was fun. Thanks, Tyler. Let's do it again sometime. <laughs> so next week, um, make sure you join us. We're going to have a few high schoolers. It's going to be, well, I'll keep it a surprise. There's going to be a, a few of my friends that are going to join us and talk through some of this stuff um, from the perspective of high school and what it means for um, some of those students walking into some of this, which I'm really excited for. Um, so check us out next week on your way out. We'll see you. We'll see you then. Have a good week. If you would like to get plugged into Disciple Path or find out a little bit more, you can go to our church website, which is providencechurch.net. There is a tab at the top that says Disciple Path, and you can click on that. You can learn more about Disciple Path. You can read a few of the chapters that we have online. And if you are interested in um, putting together a small group of people to work through Disciple Path together, we would, love, we would love that. You can sign up online. Um, that way it lets Sue and I know um, who we can get some materials to because we just would have a few things that we would like to get for you. Um, but yeah, so check that out online at providencechurch.net.